Welcome to 8 with 8, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team 8, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. Hey, it's Janine Sansosti, Director of State Support Team Region 8. I'm joined today by our Assistant Director, Janelle Schuler, as we interview a very special guest, the Superintendent of Summit Educational Service Center, Joe Iacono. We get to work with Joe regularly as SST8 is a department of the Summit Educational Service Center, but I know that I personally am looking forward to having a more casual conversation with him and hearing the insights about leadership that he's gleaned throughout his career. I know, me too. I think our listeners might be surprised by what they learn about Joe. Joe, Janine and I would like to thank you for joining us in this season where our focus is learning through leadership. We chose to interview you because you have a really unique role in leading numerous district leaders in our region. And based on my research, you've been serving in Uh-oh. education for over 40 years. We're so excited to have you joining us today. Well, thank you. Look forward to talking with you. All right. Well, we're going to just dive right into some questions. So our first question is, could you tell us a little bit about your leadership experience? Uh, like the short version of a resume, something along those lines. That okay. sounds great. Um Probably when I was teaching, I got involved in some curriculum development on a district-wide curriculum committee in my first district, North Ridgeville. That kind of whetted my appetite. Uh, Not too long after, became an assistant principal in the Crestwood School District. Uh, Leadership there, of course, was restricted to disciplining students and things along those lines of of what uh, high school administrators do sometimes. But uh, what I would call probably my first real leadership experience was a principal at Sill Middle School here in Cuyahoga Falls. I spent five years doing that. Uh, Became curriculum director in Garfield Heights, uh, both Garfield Heights and in uh, Sill Middle School in Cuyahoga Falls. We made significant improvement in academic scores, uh, which was kind of a focus of what I was trying to accomplish in both of those districts at those times and uh, moved over to Crestwood Schools, where I was superintendent uh, for, yes, 10 years. (laughs) And I always like to say, uh, our our phrase was, scores up, costs down, scores went up for nine straight years. Nine straight years uh, on the performance index. Mm -hmm. And uh, had a little interlude where I worked briefly at the Portage County ESC and came over here uh, to uh, Summit ESC. I'm in year five, six, something like that. Awesome. That's awesome. What a career. So yeah, thank I've you enjoyed for, it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. So the next thing I'm wondering is, you know, with everything that's going on in education right now, how are you keeping yourself healthy? Well, we talk about that a lot on uh, superintendent Zoom meetings. Um, fortunately, as an ESC superintendent, I haven't had to deal with a lot of things that, that the district superintendents have, or at least a bit on a smaller scale. But what I do is... Uh, I know my limitations. Uh, I'm one of those people that uh, if I don't find a little bit of time to relax and chill out, I'm actually less functional. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some people who uh, like to get up at four in the morning and check for snow on streets and uh, work through to 11 o'clock at night. Uh, While I've had my days in my career where I've had to do that, uh, I always find a little bit of time for rest, relaxation, fun, Naps. I'm a good napper. I'm a great <laughs> napper. Okay. It's, it's one of my highest qualities. Uh, but uh, I like to play music. I find it very relaxing. I play with other people sometimes. Sometimes I write music on my own. 
Uh, I have my bicycle on the back of my car today because I it's saw going to that be when you came in. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be eighty degrees, and I'm going to get out there and probably ride for twenty five miles. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, Joe, when you said you play music, mm-hmm. you play guitar, right? I do. So you are like a rock star, really. Uh, I mean, well, thank you, Janine. <laughs> I I am an international recording artist. And I'm on Spotify, and I know that sometimes it does play overseas. So there you go. Look me up. That is fantastic. Commercial. Listeners. I think ready. I made seventy dollars last year. Whoa! Whoa! Oh my goodness, that's a that's an achievement. Absolutely. That's a big side hustle. No, that's really exciting, and yeah. I think that's fun for people to know about you because yeah. I think that's not something that you know we typically think of in the leaders that we know, and it's just nice to know that that personal side of you. So. Well, I'll add when you talk about the stress relief and. Uh, uh, there were times uh, when I was in my previous district where, you know, you're dealing with lovey failures, you're dealing with the conflicts that go on in districts. Uh, there was nothing better than going into a recording studio with friends because you completely forget about work. And you just do what you do. And That's so great. Great chill out. That's awesome. Well, I hate to take you out of that comforting headspace. Okay. But now we want to ask the tough questions. So, as you think about your role here at the ESC, what is your greatest challenge in leadership today? Well, at the ESC, unlike being in districts, um, the folks you have to please are the district superintendents, boards, administrators, and teachers. Probably the greatest challenge that goes with that, uh, but it's also what I enjoy the most is that every district's different. When you're working in a district, you get to know the culture, you get to know what expectations are, the limitations on those expectations, uh, the resources. When you're at an ESC, you have to meet the needs and expectations of districts that are struggling financially and academically, and also those that are over the top in their academic scores in the region and in the state. And then you have everything else in between. So you have to be extremely adaptable. You have to pay attention. And uh, we tend not to use the word in education, customer service, because we tend not to think of each other as customers. But the fact of the matter is, to some degree, uh, our districts are our customers, and we have to understand what they want and what they need, and then do it. Yeah. It's interesting hearing you say that because from a state support team and an ESC perspective, I think we share that, right? We are both regional service providers. And that is similarly to what you said, um, both a challenge and then one of the absolute strengths and and exciting parts about our work. So it was was interesting hearing you say that from your perspective. Can I can I can relate. So that as you think about um, those different needs that are emerging within the districts, what are some of the priorities that you see, um, you know, in terms of what the ESC can provide, what types of things are most in need, and where things go from here? Well, priorities this year, of course, have been unusual because it's been so COVID-related. And what ESCs have been able to do, uh, many ESCs as well as ourselves, we've been sources of information, Uh, And we try and find those common needs so that districts are not just simply trying to do everything by themselves where you've got, say, 15 districts out doing the same research on the same topic. 
uh, why not have one or two do it? And of course, districts are going to continue to do that based on their own local needs. Uh, but for example, when we had to, uh, everybody's scrambling for PPE, which is, you know, the, uh, the safety equipment, the gloves and all of that, the masks. Uh, we helped find a couple of options that districts could take advantage of where they could get some bulk discounts, some of which we already knew, some which we didn't know. But those are the kind of things that ESCs can be pretty good at. Um, I'll add, for some of the ESC, I think uh, one of our calling cards has been curriculum uh, and professional development in the area of curriculum and in the area of uh, student services, special education, and things like that. Not every ESC does that, but there's a hunger for that kind of thing here. Even though we have a lot of districts that um, uh, are at least reasonably financed, you know, we're, we're cut across the gamut there from not very wealthy to quite wealthy. Uh, there is a hunger for staff development uh, in almost all districts, and uh, they count on us, I think, to uh, help us provide uh, opportunities on things they want, things they need, and sometimes even to share things that maybe they should want, but they hadn't had time to think about. So that makes me think about, you know, your role at the ESC being that of really providing that support then to the districts that you are currently serving. So mm -hmm. as we kind of segue into thinking about support networks, one thing we've talked about on our team is the importance of having a personal support network. So who is part of your support network outside mm -hmm. of the ESC? Well, I should always turn to SST because it is the state support organization. Good answer. Okay. I, I, I saw the look on Janine's face right there. <laughs> But we do rely on you guys because you reach into three counties, including Summit County, and you have a real pulse on the needs that are out there. So that, that type of collaboration is really important. Uh, I, I sense the question has to do more with, with personal supports, though, those kind of things. Uh, we have a great group of superintendents in the county. Um, uh, we tell each other all the time we're the greatest uh, as far as collaborating with each other. And I, I do think there's a genuine sense of camaraderie uh, where superintendents in this county and in, in the other uh, counties where they, they join us from the meetings, whether they're affiliated or not, like some of the Portage districts, is it's extremely non-competitive. Uh, nobody is hesitant to say, I'm struggling with this issue. How are you doing it? There's no sense that it's going to leave the room. There's no sense that uh, somebody's going to be made fun of, uh, unless it's good-naturedly, of course. Uh, so it's, it's a great camaraderie. I will go beyond that and say that also developing over a period of five or six years here more and more relationships with other ESC superintendents. I uh, uh, had several opportunities to reach out all the way to Hamilton County, uh, out into the Norwalk area, as we get to know people via Zoom in ways that sometimes we don't get to know them uh, when we have large meetings. Uh, so there's a great network of support and several people I typically call for certain kinds of things. That's awesome. And, and one thing that we've talked about is, you know, during, especially during this year, that support network has been critical, you Absolutely. know, especially for, I love the relationship and the, and the team that you were referencing and, and mm -hmm. just can imagine the conversations oh, you yeah. guys are able to have yeah. being real with each other. Absolutely. You know, and entertaining. <laughs> Entertainment's important. We yes, know that. You gotta laugh. <laughs> yes. You gotta be able to laugh. Um, so as you think about your current influencers, who are you currently, we're interested in this, Joe, who are you currently following, reading, or seeking out for leadership advice? Oh, I'm going to give you a boring answer to that one here. 
because uh, I, I knew the question was coming. And I never remember the title bo- titles of books I read. And my daughter will tell you, I never remember the titles of movies that I watch either. Okay, so uh, I'm like that guy in the TV commercials. Um, so I always default on what is actually my favorite leadership book of all time, uh, which is Good to Great by Jim Collins. And How did I know you were going to say yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> well, and I have to tell you, I would, this, I would say this is a funny story. It's funny to me. I was telling a friend of mine who's in the banking industry that that's one of my favorite books, and I think there's just so much wisdom in there. He said, oh, yeah, all that great wisdom. It says, hire good people and fire bad ones. I go, well, I guess you could boil it down to that. <laughs> but the point is, uh, the real lesson from that book and, and common sense and experience is that if you have good people, your job's a lot easier. And uh, strategic plan or not, if you got a lot of good people contributing ideas and trying to do the right thing, you go a long way. Yeah important. Thank you. I'm going to give you another one. You'll like this. You may find this even more interesting. I like to read biographies uh, of leaders. They can be politicians. I'll spare you discussions of Lincoln and Harry Truman and things like that. Okay. Although I do like to read this, but I also like to read uh, sports leaders. All right. And sometimes it's reading a biography. Uh, Joe Torre of the New York Yankees. Uh, Terry Francona of the Cleveland Indians. Sometimes you just pick things up in the newspaper. Did you realize that one of the reasons that Terry Francona has been so successful and people like him so much is he has never criticized any of his players publicly? Even when the opportunity's there, he always finds a constructive spin to put on it publicly. I'm sure he does what he needs to do privately. So those little kind of lessons are out there when you read uh, – biographies of sports leaders, uh, presidents. Uh, another favorite of mine is Colin Powell, if you remember mm. who Colin mm. Powell is. Yeah. Uh, that was a great biography. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, just just listening to you as a, that lens coming through as the former history teacher, you know. There you go. <laughs> so thank you. It's the center of everything. History teacher, sports fan, leader. It's the intersection of hey, all of those It's Taurus. the intersection. Everything that's wrong in the world is a lack of good social studies instruction. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> sounds like a book title in and of itself. I like I that. Thank I you. I see your future, Joe. Thank you. I don't know. Thank you. All right. Well, since you are so knowledgeable as a leader, have so much experience, what advice would you give to someone who's just embarking upon their career in school leadership? Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of that lately because we've been doing superintendent searches and, uh, uh, in many of them we've been, uh, at least in one case, uh, actually two now, uh, we've got two new superintendents, uh, rookies coming into our affiliated districts. I've had the opportunity to have some conversation with them and we do our lifting leading, lifting leaders series for aspiring superintendents, treasurers, and that kind of thing. I think the best thing is to simply network, look for opportunities to network with people who are doing the job, who were where you are a few years ago. So what we typically do is try and hook people up, uh, for example, uh, in the aspiring superintendents group. In addition to bringing in speakers who are sitting superintendents, we encourage them to share their contact information, and they all do it voluntarily, the superintendents. And... uh, They'll often pass out their cell phone numbers. I've got a whole list of them here. I'm going to read on the... No, I, I won't do that. <laughs> uh, but networking is the best way. And while we also talk about common issues that superintendents and educators deal with, uh, 
Sometimes it's just observing and watching how people do things uh, and asking yourself, why did they do it that way? So it's a, it's a reflection kind of thing uh, where you're, you're not just watching things go by. You're asking yourself, why did he do it that way? Why did she not do it this way? What were the ramifications? I'll tell you what, the school psychologist in me loves that line of thinking. <laughs> I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I love what you were saying about the networking. It really transforms from just let's talk to other people who do the same thing to creating right. mentorship opportunities, right. which Absolutely. is wonderful and so needed for, for emerging leaders. So now we're going to turn that wisdom inward, Joe. Uh-oh. If you could give yourself a piece of advice for starting next school year, what would it be? What do you think future Joe needs to hear? That's a tough one because this year has been so strange. Um, you know, we're all in a case, as, as we have discussed, um, how many things we've done this year will or will not carry over into next year, whether it's got to do with Zoom hybrid education, how far do we need to go with helping schools with remote learning, are the numbers going down, uh, all of those kind of things. I don't know if I'd call it a piece of advice. I'm hoping for what I would call maybe a return to normalcy where we're all sort of grounded and remember what's worked well, reflect on lessons we've learned this year that we can carry over into the future and just have a little bit of time to think about those kind of things and, and um, establish some new practices where they're appropriate. Um, it's been a really hard year. I don't know that. Uh, I, I can't say that we have a major turnover in superintendents in the northern part of the state because of COVID. That would probably be an extreme statement. On the other hand, I do sense a lot of people are tired <laughs> and weary and uh, all looking for next year. So, uh Let's just be hopeful that next year will be positive or at least better than this year was as far as COVID is concerned. Yeah, I, I think it would be so nice to feel some things returning to normal mm -hmm. and then continuing to utilize those new things that have actually helped us move forward, right. but in a way that feels proactive, not reactive. Exactly. Oh, we got to do this because we don't have any other way. Now we're choosing to do those things. Exactly. So. That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights, both personal, professional, sports, political. We've covered the gamut. Absolutely. And you notice how I straddle the line on the politics part there. You know, so. You're very even-handed. Thank you. Probably a skill I, you use very often. In social studies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it for another episode of 8 with 8. Thank you so much to our guest, Joe Iacono, superintendent of Summit ESC and international recording artist. You're actually hearing his music right now. To find him on Spotify, search for Joseph Iacono. And for more information about the work of Summit ESC, visit summitesc.org. You can learn more about upcoming offerings under the professional development section. And be sure to check back throughout the summer because more is added all the time. What a great season this has been so far. Be sure to join us next week as we pull it all together. Eight takeaways about learning through leadership, inspired by our outstanding guests from throughout this season. See you soon.